Down and down again. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is what I'm gonna call a hot open. Cause essentially, so I'm recording this like midday on Sunday. And so, or evening time on Sunday. And um, what happened was essentially. I recorded the show at three in the morning, knocked it out, feel good about it. And then the more I started thinking about this hangman and CM Punk thing, I started thinking about it because I go into maybe, I don't know, a 20 minute uh, talk about the whole CM Punk thing. And and then I was listening to this other podcast and this guy kept saying stuff and I'll say, and, and shout out to Solid Monster, sounds off. He kept saying, he kept bringing up a part that I had not thought about. He kept saying, well, the one common denominator everyone keeps bringing up in these CM Punk promos is how he's a sheep in wolf's clothing. And honestly, we know CM Punk's going to turn heel eventually. Um, and this is the thing. If it's a work, then hopefully, and hopefully it is a work, and hopefully everyone's in on the work. Um, but if it's a shoot, hopefully Tony Khan can then get these people into the um, a room and figure things out. But let's just go off. Let's just say this is based off of a work. And everyone is in on the work. And they're just fooling the general public. But everyone's in on it. Maybe it could be one of these things to where. Essentially. When he turns heel. It's like hey. This is who I've been. Now Christian Cage is kind of already going off of the premise of. He didn't come back to help out younger talent. So maybe Punk can go off the premise of, I came back to get what I earned, what I deserved that I never got in the past. You know? Because um, if he's really mad, I don't understand what he's mad about. Now, we all know CM Punk has been the crankiest. He's probably the crankiest wrestler of all time. Um, and so we know that's the thing he has. But hopefully, he comes back and just say, hey, you know, look, I want to main event the greatest pay-per-views I have. I want to win world championships and main event and be the focal point. I have, you know, just just going off of that premise, you know, and you could legitimately like like Bobby Heenan. I remember when Hulk Hogan turned heel and nice uh, uh, Bash at the Beach '96. I remember specifically Bobby Heenan saying, "They're throwing trash at Hulk Hogan. Can you believe it? I know it should have been a long time ago, done a long time ago." He had been saying that all in the eighties. Who 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 wouldn't know better than Bobby Heenan, the man who literally threw all his entire team at Hogan all throughout the eighties? The only feud that was more popular was Savage and Piper with Hogan. Other than that, everyone else was was Heenan, part of the Heenan family at some point in time. And maybe it could be one of those things where these people are justified. I will say this. Think about this. He threw, if you look at the promo with Punk, he threw Hangman out there, which we know right now. Why Why Eddie Kingston? Kingston hasn't said anything to him. Can, can we know for a fact Kingston wasn't there? Because I think Kingston was at a different show where he 
you know, happily gave his fee. I think he told him to not record it, but he still typed it out. Uh, Kingston gave his fee to cancer and uh, a foundation with cancer research, I believe. Um, so it's one of those things where it's just like, why bring Moxley's your, why? You know, and it's one of those situations to where, because you think about it, Moxley's already fought Kingston. He beat him. Man tap. So... I just want to kind of like book this out because if this thing is real and they're worried that Punk is going to leave the company, now I still think Punk's winning on Wednesday by hooking by crook. But what you can actually have happen, here's an idea I have. Let's say if they work everything out right, you can actually have a situation where Hangman comes out behind everyone's back, does the uh, buckshot lariat, nails Punk, Moxley wins. And Moxley realizes at the end that that's not how he wanted to do it. Which then causes issues between him and Hangman. Which then, once he loses the title at All Out, you can then have him and Hangman. Imagine that. Hangman versus fucking Moxley at Grand Slam. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and for those of you guys who have been asking, man, I would love to go to All Out. I just... Dude, I don't I don't see me doing it. I don't see, I've seen some of these ticket prices, brother. It ain't gonna work out very well. I, I can't do that job. <laughs> um, I will go to an all out there. I will. I definitely will. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyways, you can have that be a scenario. I still think Punk's winning. I don't think Punk's leaving. I, I just don't. If, if he really is mad, I just don't understand what he's mad about. Um, that's the confusion. In WWE, I 100% understood it. You know, I was frustrated for him being a fan, but this, I don't know. But either way, there's a reason they moved this up. And actually, as I was going through more research on this, and I say in the show that apparently this was a part of the plan. This was according to Meltzer. I read that. Well, according to Fightful, this was made last minute. This, this, this championship match. Um, this week, this Wednesday. So I don't know exactly what's going on. And my, I think I'm going to make the decision to, I, I, I'm truly believing the decision I'm going to make is after Wednesday night, I'm going to do a sideshow. Sideshow? That sounds right. That didn't sound right. I'm going to do a show. It's going to be, it'll be a, it will be a show where it will be based off just Dynamite alone. And my thoughts on what, where they're going now, what the main event may be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So stay tuned for that. But, um, I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like there's so many ways to get out of this. But it all depends on if those rumors about Punk are true. If they're true and he's angry, you gotta get the, you gotta get the belt off of him. Period. Bottom line. If he's t- telling people he's gonna quit, then once again, that is complete locker room speculation. That's nothing that he said to anyone. That's his locker room. But if he is saying that to people, get the championship off him. I don't know what your main event is. Um, but honestly, I I truly think this leads to MJF winning the championship. If it's not in Chicago at All Out, it's definitely at Grand Slam in New York. And honestly, this might be the beginning of a heel turn for Punk. That was very heelish. Very, it, 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 very fucking heelish. And you know what's even funnier is I didn't even know that... I, I don't recall anyone ever saying how um, Coca Band was excommunicated from the Dark Order. 
I'm, if it happened, it happened definitely on Dark, which I don't watch Dark consistently. Um, I, you guys already know that. If I have news from Dark, it's legit because I might see something on a news site. And then I'll go to Dark and actually like fast forward to that point. Like, I just don't watch Dark. Um, I stopped watching Dark a while ago. But I started watching Dark when Jonathan Esther hit me up and said, Hey, man, it's a great storyline with uh, SCU on there. To where if they lose another match, they can't be a team again. I said, okay, I'm going to watch that because I was a huge fan of Kazarian and fucking... Um, Daniels, you know, so I, I actually went back in weeks weeks before and started watching that. Well, but I watched certain things. But for me, Dark is, is just a bunch of matches. So if you want to see people on there, it's cool. But it's like, does this match match? It's, it's, it's legitimately the thing you don't want as a fan. Like, I say this in the podcast, in the show. Going into the Attitude Era as a fan, like, before that... I just enjoyed the wrestling side of things. I can care less about promos. I can care less about seeing Hogan. Oh, what you gonna do? And or whoever just do promos. The attitude there up until uh, ruthless aggression. I became a fan of the entire product, understanding that it's about the entertainment aspect of it all. So for me, that's why I can enjoy. It. Can I just sit there and watch wrestling after? Re- of course, like do. Sometimes I'm at work and legitimately I have my phone. Not really, I'm not really paying attention to it most of the time, but sometimes I have my phone just in front of my face and like Peacock going with W. It's something like I think this week it was World War 396. Don't even remember it watching it, but it's just on. Like sometimes when I'm even at home working out, it's just background noise that's on, you know. So sometimes something's on, but I'm not really paying attention. Like my, my brother just sent me something to watch. Um, about an escort or whatever, and about her story, her life story. I'm actually watching that, but other things I'm not. But anyways, the point is, um, I feel like this can be worked out because Punk, as I as I say in the show, and you guys are gonna listen to that in a second. I say he's had a great year. His year, he's only taken one L this year, one L. So it's not like he's been losing. It's not like he hasn't worked with. He's worked with everyone he's wanted to work with, and more. So I don't know. That's just my quick thoughts on that. And I just wanted to come back to the table and say, hey, you know, this 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 makes things very interesting for this week's Dynamite and All Out and Grand Slam. It just makes things so much more interesting. So anyways, please enjoy the show, guys. Um, didn't want to keep you guys here too long. I think the show already runs an hour. Uh, but anyways, you guys enjoy your week. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. I'm out. See you soon. Oh, that was weird. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I'm just a little chemical. This is your Monday show. And, uh, we're almost at the end of August. This year has flown by, I guess the last three years, even at times where it's felt slow, it's still flown by in many ways. As we're hitting our two-year anniversary of my return to form even better than ever. Feels like I finally got the formula down. <laughs> Once took three times. Well, I guess I guess I was putting this in my own during Wild Pen, I'm gonna do it again. Once me and Cole Conscious uh, stopped doing the show together, it just felt like um, towards the end I was just burnt out and um, haven't done it this time. So it's awesome. Um, I sound really excited there, I could tell. And so, um, no, just a, it's another interesting week in wrestling, man. Like, this 2022 has been drama. It's been eventful. It's been changing. Um, like, with everything. Like, 
it feels like we're at a shift and we're changing towards uh, something in entertainment I can't explain yet. Whether it's the whole WB Discovery thing where they're actually, you think, like, I just realized something. And I know this isn't the Wednesday show, but grow the fuck up. And, and, and this has to pertain with everything. WB wants to get away from scripted television. Which means a lot of times you're losing jobs, losing opportunities. And me being a writer and me being someone who wouldn't mind breaking into the business and would love to break into the business deeper and write stories and stuff like that. You see stuff. Like I, you, I heard the example. I read the example. Well, I heard it was an interview too. I read the article and heard the interview. There was a writer who used to work for CW. He said, despite what you think about the CW television, it presented a lot of jobs for people. Not just jobs, but places for people to grow as writers and become producers, directors, showrunners. When you look at something like Peacemaker, that's all James Gunn. He directs it, he writes it, like, that's a one-man show. And you have to have a lot of power to get to get to be in a one-man show, essentially. And James Gunn's earned it, without a doubt. But when you think about it, man, like, that cuts down opportunities. And, like, and to me, I feel like, just from the stories I've heard from Mr. Man in private, from people who used to work with WWE, and then in public, it's like, it felt like it was a two to three man show, whether it was Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Dunn, and Paul, uh, Vincent Mann, or whoever. It's like one of those things where it's like we're 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 in a changing landscape right now. So it's just a very interesting time. In the last two weeks, I've really felt good about. You guys have loved the last two weeks, like the 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 the, the longer the show, like the more detail, like I legit have just been feeling so much more free as a create as a content person. Uh, or content creator, excuse me, just writing these notes and just kind of going with the flow of things. But this week, we're going to change things up, not because I want to, but because I have to. Because you, you have to remember, when I write these notes, well, I, I don't wait until Friday and try to remember everything. and then scram- I write it as I see it in real time. But this week, something happened on Dynamite. And we also usually don't start with AEW. Um... CM Punk came out with his AEW championship belt. He sat cross leg like he normally does. And he called out Hangman Adam Page in Virginia, which was really fucking weird. And people thought he wasn't in the building, Hangman. Hangman was. And turns out this was apparently a shoot. A real live shoot. People have been giving Meltzer and Alvarez and fightful uh just hey this is like legit right here like this is beef and so it's one of those situations where it's like whoa whoa whoa, what what the fuck is going on here right and um really weird and then punk goes on to kill another promo where and i know pipe bomb is the is the thing to say but no it's just he literally started going on eddie kingston these guys aren't number one at anything. Like, I may actually cut up that, that snippet. And just, the, the burns were, were were real. And then Moxley comes out. And Moxley comes out and does his own burns. And I think sometimes we're so, I'm so used to seeing Moxley cut these promos in backstage by himself. Because he, he's a great promo. When you see him one-on-one with somebody... It's kind of like, okay, this is the stuff. This is why we need an AEW. 
because of moments like this for the freedom to say stuff like and we're gonna get to the whole CM Punk hangman thing in a second but like this is why we need an AEW this is why AEW is so important to the landscape of professional wrestling because impact is not gonna ever be like that thing that they were they just they're just not they're the they're low budget low quality which is fine but as far as I'm concerned they're an ROH not many people are going to know about it. And, like, the, my problem with this past week, and I very rarely rant or whatever. I, I, sometimes I do, but not very often. You guys know, especially fans who listen for almost two years now, or maybe a year, or whatever. I saw a lot of people who were like, well, these are WWE references. Why are they, They're WWE references because they have history in WWE. When Look at CM Punk's history. He's wrestled literally almost everybody he can wrestle in the 2000 decade. Think about that. He has a history, and we and he leans on that history because we know that history. When people, when when Jay White was making references to Hangman hey and Page and uh, him never beating him, some people just didn't get. It. You know what? You didn't give a fuck about ROH. That's why you didn't get it. I understood it. People who loved ROH understood it. People who know ROH history know the reason why it meant something for the Bucks to try to get Hangman is they're former trios champions together. Did you? So the people who know it know it. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like um, when we used to live in D.C. They have a uh, a paper called the Washington Post, and their saying used to be, and it may still be. I haven't lived there in many years. It said, "If you don't, if you get it, you get it. You get it. <laughs> Pun intended." And so it's one of those things where that's why you get the oohs and the ahs, not because it's a WWE reference, but because we know the history. And you can debate all you want of who's the best of the Shield or whatever. Roman Reigns, this version of Roman Reigns was not the Roman Reigns in the Shield. So you can't, to me, you have to take the Shield members for who they were at that period and that time. And I truly think 99% of people would say Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, then Roman Reigns. Their minds might change now. But here's the thing that's also key. John Moxley's going on to main event a ton of pay-per-views. He is currently a world champion in two different companies. You have Roman Reigns, Stranglehold, 700 days plus, holding the Universal Championship. He has been on the monster run that Vincent Man always wanted him to have. Seth Rollins, you might find his cackling annoying. He is doing some of the best work of his career. Period. Bottom line. So, here's the thing. That's why you reference this. This is why CM Punk and Kofi Kingston used to be best friends. So when he says that's a, that makes sense, because that's how CM Punk would really feel. So it's one of those situations. So that's why we talk about WWE references. And I guarantee you, you're not gonna, you're gonna. You, it wasn't like you didn't just hear this in, a, in WWE as well. You legitimately have Seth Rollins. Not even referencing Dean Ambrose as Dean Ambrose anymore. He, he calls him Mox. He calls him fucking Mox. So they acknowledge AEW as well. So we need to get past this, right? Because I'm tired of getting the fucking questions. You're not going to split my fandom. No one's been able to split my fandom in over 30 years of watching wrestling. I just love wrestling. I just love it. It's cool. It's fun. At times it's corny, sure, but everything is. You don't think I've watched monologues on television that are fucking corny? You have too. So let's skip past that. 
So these two cut hell of a promos, and it was fucking, as the, the kids would say, fire. And it made me want to watch this main event even more. But then it's just announced later on in, in the Dynamite show that this match is going to now take place next week, this Wednesday, on Dynamite. And my first thought was, this has to be the biggest match in AEW Dynamite history. And we've had some big matches. We've had CM Punk main eventing against MJF earlier this year in Chicago. We've had Kenny Omega versus John Ambrose. I'm about to say John Ambrose, but I'm about to say Dean Ambrose. Well, versus John Moxley for the uh, for Universal. Listen to me, I'm all fucked up right now. For the AEW World's Heavyweight Championship at Winter's Coming, that was on a Dynamite. We've had some big time fucking main events. This is probably the most, because think about this. How many times has AEW actually done disqualify DQ finishes? I think once with Mercedes Martinez. I think twice with MJF. Like countouts or something like that. But I don't think we've seen it more than five or six times. We're going to get a winner by hook or by fucking crook. And that's fine. And so this is the biggest match in Dynamite history. So hopefully you guys join them, join me, join everybody and get these people over a million fucking views uh, or ratings. It's one of those situations. I'm all fucked up right now. It's three in the fucking morning. I'm not tired, but I'm just, I'm, I, I was, I was going to wait till later on. This is, this is Sunday as I'm recording. I was going to wait till later on Sunday to record. I've been chomping at the bit since Wednesday to fucking record this episode. It's just, uh, I don't know what to expect. I'm, I can't imagine John Moxley and CM Punk not main eventing again. And honestly, I know people are saying you can see it one way. Why can't now? Here's where the here's where the conundrum is. You could always have Moxley win by hook or by crook. However, it happens. I'm still betting that MJF is coming out at the end of All Out. And I'm as a matter of fact, I'm gonna go a step further. MJF's winning that W. Jesus Christ, he's winning that AEW World Heavyweight Championship in New York in September at Grand Slam Dynamite. I'm going further to say that. I have no proof of any of this. I don't. I, I just they're pushing this match up for a reason. There's a reason they're doing this. They have this planned out. And it's maybe to make the main event all out less predictable. I don't fucking know. It has me wanting to watch all out even more without knowing. We only have no half the card. The casino ladder match. Thunder Rosa challenging. Excuse me. Thunder Rosa defending against Tony Storm. I have to get my shit together. I'm fucking up a lot. We have. What else do we have? Uh, the Trios Championship Finals. I think it's one more match. We oh the Warlow, FTR versus the Singh, uh, Jay Lethal and Dutt match. That's all we have right now. So they have a plan, and I'm trusting in this plan. And honestly, it might be a better victory for Punk to just win in fucking Chicago. Now I I don't know how well it does have some, someone like John Moxley lose twice. But once again, like we don't see too many fuck finishes out of AEW. So this is a huge night. They've stacked the card. You have Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Aussie Open just won. Let me look at my notes. Uh, so I'm going to be unprofessional here. Um, so you have some pages flipped. Aussie Open just won championships. 
So where, where, where I wrote down some, I'll, I'll fucking get to it. Fuck it, who cares? But Aussie Open just won some some new, I think, tag team open weight championships in New Japan. Will Ospreay is facing, I think, is it, is it what's his name? I just saw it too. Uh, he's he's the U.S. champion, the Rev Pro champion. What a hell of a fucking fight that's gonna be! And the promos this week, my God, the promos. Whether you have Drew McIntyre going back and forth with Kevin Owens, and then I'm saying we're wrestlers, we're in a wrestling ring, let's wrestle. Just Jesus Christ. Then you have the the, Os- the Osprey promo that uh, fucking pop cut. Let me tell you something. We we are at a great time in professional wrestling. May not be as high, and it will never be as high as it was in the Attitude Era. And I'm really grateful to have lived in in my youth in that era, and to appreciate it, and to evolve with it. You know, and understand the evolution of it all. You know, and also to understand that like, when I first got into wrestling, I just loved wrestling. And then all of a sudden, I started loving the entertainment aspect of it, so I could appreciate promos. I, I used to turn from promos, and so now I'm like, "Oh, Pac's about to talk. Let me see. Let me, let me see what this motherfucker. We cut. Take the shit off mute. All right. You know, Finn Balor about to talk. Whoever. You you, you get what I'm saying. Um. So I believe in whatever's gonna happen this Wednesday is going to, even if it doesn't shock, it's going to be awesome. I don't think it's gonna be flat. I think it's going to be a reason to have... Because you're not leaving Punk off the card to, to all out. And you're definitely not leaving John Moxley off the card. You're not. Now, my question is, where do you leave Hangman with all this? Back to the top story. Apparently, in the build-up to Hangman versus CM Punk at Devil or Nothing for the World Heavyweight Championship. Apparently, those promos that Hangman cut were real. And apparently, that's how he really felt. And apparently, it's all... Boils down to Colt Cabana, who is a very loved figure. I remember even telling you guys here. The stuff I was reading was the fact that... Well, Colt Cabana, first of all, was a part of ROH. I don't know if everyone knows that. I know I I said it in the show a few weeks ago, but I'm I'm sure I said it in such a matter-of-fact fashion, so that's on me. But Colt Cabana is signed to ROH. He's still doing a bunch of independent stuff, whatever. Well, apparently a lot of people backstage have um, taken humbridge. Taking disrespect to how Colt has been treated ever since CM Punk's been in the company. And if you really think about it, every time we've seen the fucking Dark Order, we have not seen Colt on television. At all. They've completely split him off. And you know, I didn't think about that until two weeks ago when the Bucks asked Hangman. I was like, where the fuck is Colt Cabana? I, I, I remembered... That he was a part of ROH, but I'm like, still, we see Claudio, he's the ROH champion. We saw Gresham when he was a champion, not much, we saw him, though. Like, what the fuck is Colt? And so, apparently, people have taken umbrage to that, and Heyman was one of them. And so, it's one of those situations where where those promos were real, and I guess Punk went to higher-ups in AEW and said, hey, I don't like this shit. That, we're not coming to, like, we're not coming to um, agreement here. On what we're doing here, but I don't like what the fuck he's doing. And he went out, cut those promos. Punk didn't like it. Apparently, that was his receipt for uh, making made Punk look, he made Heyman look weak. And a lot of people said this is unprofessional of Punk. I mean, because it wasn't in the script. Heyman wasn't going to come out. And if he did come out, it would have been a bad look on Hangman. 
And so Punk is petty. We all know this. And there's other rumors that Punk, AEW officials thought Punk wasn't even going to show. Like they thought he was going to quit. Apparently he said that recently. I don't know why he's fucking quitting. Everything he's been in, this marks one year. This week marked one year of CM Punk being back in professional wrestling full time and being back on top. When the promo he cut on John Moxley, when he said, You can be the heart and soul, I'll be the dollars and the cents. That's true. Them getting Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, CM Punk last year were huge fucking cues. Huge. He, and the fact that I remember, I still, I'll never forget last summer when I'm seeing the reports. And I remember I saw Cassidy Haynes report Punk has, has signed. And as we know now, he didn't actually sign his paperwork until like he, he hit right, right before he left stage, but he was officially signed. And I remember I text figure four photos. And I text Dylan and said, yo, this is about to be a big fucking summer. He says, the Punk thing's a unicorn, dude. I said, no, this feels different. And the only reason I said that is because I think doing this podcast, being able to talk to talk to a number of people that I've been able to talk to due to this podcast, has been has been me. And I'm not trying to make it seem like uh, I'm special. Far from it. I'm nothing. But having people just talk to me and say, "Hey, man, this is I want to pay attention to this." It's like okay. It just, it, it just felt different. Every other time, it was it always felt like speculation. It's kind of like when you watch these basketball insiders, right, on ESPN. A lot of times, like Brian Windhorst, when he's talking about LeBron James, like a lot of times you'll know when he's speculating, you know when he knows something, right? It's just the way people talk. And some people can be frauds, but I don't think Cassie Haynes, I don't think Fightful, I don't think Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer never can. Dave Meltzer always sounds, I'm about to sneeze, always sounds, these for him talking about people who can't talk, he can't talk. <laughs> so, like, he always sounds like he's just speculating, even though he knows stuff. But I think with Meltzer, and I'll give him this. I think with Meltzer, he's constantly trying to not give his sources away. Because he's been in the business for so long. There's some stories he can tell. His last story, he's like, oh, fuck, just shorty do up just told me this. How the fuck do I work this and blah, blah. And I don't think he writes down much of his shit. I think he just talks. Because Alvarez can just talk for miles a minute. So anyways, I remember that. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, so this, mark, this week marked one year of him being back in professional wrestling. The one thing I've said consistently from this podcast, from my previous podcast, was I just want everyone to be happy. Whatever makes you fucking happy, you go along with it. Right? I don't know if he was going to quit the company now over this. I can see it. He has a history of things like this, but it's usually due to being mistreated. Look at his first year. Let's just go through his first year. Comes out to a hero's reception, one of the biggest pops in wrestling history. I don't care where it was. One of the biggest pops in wrestling history. His first night, he he then... Challenges Darby Allen, one of the biggest rising stars in professional wrestling in AEW, one of the pillars, to a match at All Out in Chicago. Has a match, little ring rest, but still a good match. Then you see him kind of wrestling new newcomers and stuff like that. And then you see him wrestle Matt Seidel, which ends that reign of newcomers he wrestled. But then you get into the feud, and this is when he starts heating up. 
because he's really been hot all fucking year. Things into the feud with Eddie Kingston. One-off feud. But boy, oh boy, was that powerful feud. They have the match. Nothing really gets settled. Punk wins, but nothing gets settled. Then you go into the MJF feud. The feud that people thought they were going to have to wait a year to two years to wait for. They go right into it in month five. Month five, they go right into that feud. MJF was the first one to hand him his first two losses, even though one didn't count. Then we get another match. Then we get a dog collar match. Then we get another match with the dog collar match. Bloody brutal. This was this was a battle between these two people. While building Wardlow in the process. Then he goes right into a heavyweight championship match against one of the most beloved AEW guys. And wins. Here's my thing. He's been treated very well. The difference with WWE, outside the jokes of the Z-Packs and all that other shit, he wasn't treated well. He wasn't. Me being a huge CM Punk fan, me recognizing, okay, I got to take my fandom out of this. This is something different now. He's been treated very, very well. Every few... He has not been wasted at all. If, if you're a fan of wrestling and you say he's been wasted, one, I want to know what your eyeballs have been watching. Two, I need to know if you actually just don't like AEW, which is fine. That's your personal business. And three, I need to know who's your plug because you're on such good hopium. I want to sniff it too. You're fucking nuts if you say he's been treated well. He's a goddamn champion after one fucking year. So no. I don't, if he was about to quit, he's just being a baby. Let's just be real. Me being a fan, he's just being a baby. I don't think he was ever going to quit. I think because of his history, it's going to handicap him and make people think, oh, this dude's going to fucking quit. And I've had that in my job before. Not that I've quit, but I made it known to my bosses, you don't treat me right, I don't need to be here. So a lot of times when they're like, hey, man, can you do this? Please, like, why are you being... Fu- I can still do my fucking job and express to you my frustrations. I think I have a right to do that. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be saying, hey, man, that's just kind of a box that's yours. Oh, yeah, I, I, I got it, homie. I'll do it. All good. I think that's... I personally think that's where that is. Now, as far as it being unprofessional. Look here, man. I remember I was doing a show, Rocky Mountain Pro. I was still doing commentary for them. And, um, there's this talent, keep them nameless, and they did some unprofessional stuff in the ring during a match. Just for the record, they didn't take advantage of anybody, they didn't beat anybody up. They just kind of went into business for themselves as far as, like, getting more of their shit in, taking more time than was allotted, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's unprofessional. I do think... Now, once again, I, we don't know if Hangman and Punk actually try to talk to each other and they just don't get along. That's the case. Sometimes you say, fuck somebody. That's an A business. I'm not going to go as far as say he's unprofessional. I think it's definitely concerning that two of the top stars in AEW aren't getting along. But... What did was that saying? Controversy creates cash. 
This isn't this what happened in '97 when we got one of the, the biggest bone period in wrestling history? Two of the top stars, even if they weren't mega stars, even if they're not on your Mount Rushmore, two of the top stars in the business, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, went at it. And they had a personal thing. They hated each other. They got them both more money, got them both more exposure, and got their companies to become the hottest things in wrestling. Part of, they're, they're definitely a part of that pie. That much, that, This could be that. And now we can't also take out the Coca-Cola part of it. He has not been on TV much since, I mean, shit, dude. If I would if I would have known I was gonna go this long on this on this rant, I would have actually done my research and tried to find out how many times this motherfucker has been on TV since in the in the year that Punk has been here. He was definitely on TV a lot more. Even if he was even if he was just fucking background, has he been on fucking dark? Has he even been on fucking elevation? Don't know, but apparently a lot of this has to, a cult. Here's the thing, right? They have a, a pretty public falling out after being best friends for years. And that I won't comment on. That's between friends. And that is something that... That's a toughie. But I have no opinion on that. That's between friends. That's a... Uh, one thing I learned, man, about saying... Let me use my personal experience. When I say, but when I say stuff in music about my personal relationships, it's never the way I actually think. As far as like, I'm not gonna. If I hate something someone someone did, I'll metaphorically put it in a way to where it's like, okay, cool. This is this bit me, but it didn't hurt me. Um, but their falling out was so public, and they broke the. They, I still vividly remember. They broke every form of the internet on Thanksgiving many, many years. I think, was it 2014, 2013, something like that? 2014. Because they broke, they broke fucking YouTube. I remember I knew nothing about this interview. And I remember vividly, it was Thanksgiving. And um, I get my phone blows the fuck up. Hey, dude, have you heard what CM Punk said about WWE? And I was like, no. What do you say? It's too much. Here's the fucking link. I was trying to get on fucking YouTube for five hours before that fucking thing played. And no, it wasn't because I had bad Wi-Fi. I literally was on Wi-Fi. That shit would not play. I got off of Wi-Fi. That shit would not play. Got off. I ended up seeing like this notification on YouTube. It said, yeah, do the uh, over traffic. I said, how you have over traffic? I've never seen that since or before. It's fucking crazy. Um, so that part is definitely something where, uh, who knows what Punk said to take, what, this was, this, and this was a fair question that was brought up, and people, I heard other podcasters who I respect say, it's not a big deal, I was like, I don't know about all that, because those two, they're not, it got to the point where CM Punk's adopted family were making comments about Cole Cabana. So, I mean, dude, let's not be naive here. But I remember people being really naive. And once ROH gets TV, this might, might be easier to blow over because so many people are going to be on that t- television and not on AEW television anymore. Um, but those are my first thoughts on this whole thing. I, I hate to say this, but I think it's good for the business. <laughs> 
And you know what? As I'm thinking about now, it wasn't professional punk. But I can imagine. Now, also, part of this, before I move on, a part of the story is once, apparently, once Heyman started cutting those promos, Punk said he he refuses to lose to him. I don't think he was going to ever lose to him this time around. But here's my thing. There's nothing that hasn't been done that can't be fixed in, in time. These two weren't going to touch for a very long time anyway. But if this comes down to Colcabana, that's an issue that I don't know if Tony Khan thought about that. I don't know if he thought he could fix it. I don't know if I don't know. But those two, it doesn't look like they're going to reconcile anytime soon. So that's something he, he, he's going to need to fix. But I do think this is good for wrestling. And, um, yeah. And AEW coming to their biggest pay-per-view of the year, it can't get any hotter than what they're doing right now. And you still have fucking MJF just waiting in the fucking wings. Just to cause more shit and get the AEW Heavyweight Championship. So, yeah. Sorry to start with that. I guess it's kind of a hot open, I guess. Um, but anyways. Let's get to some news and notes. Let's go, let's go in order now. With me trying to maneuver. Through the, 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 <laughs> the minds that I've now set for myself. I saw this, but I, I, but I want to report it still. Mike Johnson reported two weeks ago, Johnny, Johnny Laura and I, Johnny Ace, was officially fired quietly. And that uh, he's just, he's gone now. And he's, he's, I'm sure he's going to be blackballed from the business. Probably good. Um, and uh, he probably uh, did a lot of damage in the process of his thing. It's sad to say that this guy is uh, the brother to Hall of Famer of Animal, Legion of uh, the Road Warriors, but... There's two different legacies there in that family. Boy, oh boy. Fuck. Messed out of this. The New Day has a graphic novel out for sale now. So go pick that up, guys. Brian, Brian Gewartz has his memoirs out. He's been making the tours. The, uh, thing. So if, you ever never, if you've never seen what Brian Gewartz looks like, you can look at him now. He's on Ariel Hawani's podcast. He's all over the place talking. He's saying some good stuff. So check that out. WWE are very, very happy with early ticket WrestleMania. WrestleMania ticket sales. Apparently, they sold 90,000 tickets on the first day. That's true good for them. MLW will make their return to Philadelphia for Fightland 2022 for you MLW fans. Oh, yeah. Also, people who are asking, the reason why Karrion Cross can show up on WWE is because he never had a contract. Him nor Scarlett never had a contract with MLW. It was based off a handshake agreement. But also, fun fact for you guys, apparently the times when... Karen Cross, Killer Cross, has worked on independent scenes this past few months. Apparently, he had a clause put in his contract that no one could see him. Like he, like, like Scarlett had to be a part of his package. It was a two for one deal. Very fascinating. Penelope Ford made her return on Dark, made her return to television on a rampage, losing to Athena. It was good to have her back. Nick Gage, John Moxley, GCW Championship. Title versus career. I think Moxie's had this belt for over a year now by defeating Gage. I think this will be Gage's last run with that GCW title when he wins. Um, and Moxley's respected that GCW title every bit of. He's made every shot. He's been the champion they deserved, you know. But I think it's time for Nick Gage to quietly end it, not quietly, but to end his career 
and uh, ended the way that GCW wants them to end it. So this is what I was looking for. The Aussie Open group they won the inaugural tag open weight championships. So that's that's the note I was looking for. Ari Davari signs a multi-year deal with AEW. I hope he did. This dude's a part of the Trustbusters. I know he's producing some. He was all over at fucking Rampage the last two weeks. Let's talk about Raw. Judgment Day. They were talking a little bit. They're talking about Damian Priest's match with Edge this coming one. Well, tonight as you hear this. And uh, I'll have to imagine that even though Edge is going to win, hope Edge does right by Priest, which he, I believe he will. He's a He's a pro. Um, but then Ray comes out, he gets laid out. Um, I'm assuming, just assuming, air quotes, no air quotes, you can see me doing air quotes. I thought we were going to get Finn Balor and Edge, excuse me, Finn, yeah, Finn Balor and Edge at Clash of the Cast. I'm hoping that's where we're heading. Um, I hope, I hope it's not like a, a Ray versus Finn match. It's not because it wouldn't be a good match. I just think, especially if they're going to have Finn win. I think he should win a Clash of the Castle, personally. In the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament, Alexa Bliss and Asuka advance, defeating Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. This Monday, we have Nikki Ash and Alexa Bliss versus Io Sky and Dakota Kai in the semifinals. We see what Triple H is doing now. He's rebuilding his tag team division. You have the male maximum models officially on television now. With Max Dupree, Maxine Dupree getting beat up by Hit Row. We have the formation of Ali and Alexander who faced off against Miz and Champa this past Monday. And a great tag team match. The Miz and Champa got the win. These are ways of getting your tag team division over. I, I don't see anyone winning those championships though until after the Usos drop those tag team championships to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And I'll get to that in a second. The Miz, before this match, gave Champa his very own one-of-a-kind Pokemon card, which was very uh, Miz-ish. See what we're saying? Drew McIntyre was walking in the back, and there was a smoke bomb going off in a trash can. I don't know what this is leading to. I, I, I have no clue. I'm interested. I just have no clue where it's going. I have no theories about it at all either. I just don't want to care. I, I don't care that much. To overthink that part of it. <laughs> Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens had a great promo off, as I said earlier. They ended up leading into a match. And Drew McIntyre won by DQ when the Usos um, laid him out. We thought they laid him out. Owens hit a stunner. Then Drew McIntyre got and beat both the Usos. Uh, it was not going to look for the Usos at all. <laughs> Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins brawl with Seth Rollins running away. It's, it's official now. We have Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, Clash of the Castle, their first time ever meeting one-on-one. Should be a good match. Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles did not main event Monday Night Raw, but they still had a hell of a match, and Bobby Lashley got the pinfall after a spear. Dakota Kai earlier tonight challenged Dana Brooke, who had that 24-7 championship around her waist, and it meant nothing. Dakota Kai still defeated her. And in your main event of Raw, you had Theory. Versus Dolph Ziggler. Theory got the win as we move forward towards Clash of the Cancel. As of right now, the internal investigation into Vincent Man apparently is over. It will cost the company $10 million. Apparently, Vince is going to pay a lot of that because uh, he still has WWE in mind, which I, it makes sense. He has the fucking money. 
Um, essentially, WWE were found to be too loose in their bookkeeping and that those things need to be tightened up. Essentially, they did confirm that the extra $5 million was not a reported fund to or donation to the Trump Foundation. Who knows what that was for? Also in bigger news, or big news, a notable member of the AEW roster went to officials with the fact that WWE tried to poach him. Apparently, they he was called, he or she was called, and said, hey, you know, we know you're in the contract there, but maybe we can find a way to get you out of contract, and you can come here. And apparently, this particular talent went right to the top of AEW and said he was happy here, says he didn't want to get around, that uh, he was not happy, and et cetera, et cetera, and essentially just said, hey, this is what happened. This is who contacted me. Um, apparently, it was no one of note. Apparently, it was like a third-party person that works for WWE, but they were asked to reach out. So I can see that. Like Now, Shawn Michaels is officially like the WWE career, uh, vice president of creative development. He's not going to – well, he shouldn't be calling if he wants to be slick about it. But uh, you won't have them calling, but apparently it was like a, a lackey of theirs. So that's very interesting. Also, the WWE WrestleMania main event for that Sunday of next year in Hollywood. Apparently WWE feels really good that they're going to get The Rock to main event with Roman Reigns. And that will be the culmination of the Tribal Tree storyline. Like, even this won't be for the title. It doesn't need to be for the title. But if you look at each era... The error ends with a certain type of match. When I think of the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era ended, yes, when Steve Austin shook Vince McMahon's hand, but with WrestleMania 17 and Rock defeating Austin, or Austin defeating The Rock. This will end the Tribal Chief Era where he will have beaten everybody in the company at some point in time in this era, except for Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles. But, but, no one's going to think about them because of his dominance over this run. The Tokyo Dome next year will have AEW invaded. We don't know who's going to be there, but it's rumored that AEW stars will be invited to the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom. That's awesome. And we also know the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. The G1 Climax winner for the fourth time in his career. Kashutsuka Okada. I can't say it's the first thing right. I never, it's my first one tried error, error. I said that came up horribly. But Okada is winner for the fourth time. Anticlimactic. Um, but he had no one else. And honestly, who knows? He could always have that briefcase or that whatever and you lose it. But it looks like we're going to see Jay White versus Okada for that championship again. So that's going to be very, very, very interesting. Chris Statlander out six to eight months with the torn ACL. Hurry back. We need to see you with that AEW Women's title or TBS title at some point in time. NXT Heat Wave. This is before the announcement of NXT UK, where it's official now. NXT UK is being scrapped for NXT Europe. NXT Heat Wave had NXT UK talent all over it. The main event ended. With Tyler Bate, who's the current UK champion, facing Braun Breaker, which that's going to be a fucking hell of a match. I'm watching that. Um, you had everything all over this match that was NXT UK. 
And essentially, now we know 21 wrestlers have been dropped as a, as a total as a, as a, as a, in total so far. But um, I don't know what NXT Europe is going to fucking do. But um, good luck to everyone who's on back on the scene now and looking for work. Um, this is not a loss. This is a, a, a new journey for you, okay? Anyways, let's get to NXT Heat Wave. Escobar loses the match. He must leave NXT, which means he's getting called up to the main roster. And the rest of Delgado or Phantasma must now stay in NXT. Carmelo Hayes retains his North American Championship. Mandy Rose retains her NXT Women's Championship. And in the process, it set up a weird storyline where it was reported at first that Zoe Stark was hurt. So that's why her and Nikita Lyons were pulled from their SmackDown Tag Team match. But then it's reported now that they were pulled because Nikita Lyons is unvaccinated. And my first thought was, isn't this the second time this year alone Nikia Lyons has been pulled from a tournament that she was probably, she wasn't probably going to win this one, but she was going to at least get to the semifinals finals. She was definitely going to win that breakout tournament until um, then she was injured, I think. But that was really, so I, I'm assuming story, the, the, the Zoe Stark um, thing was a storyline, and but then it just got out that Nikia Lyons was unvaccinated because they were in Canada, I believe. So I, I don't know how their, their laws are there with vaccinations. I'm pretty sure they probably have to be vaccinated across the border. Um, but yeah, interesting. Core Jade got the win over Roxanne Perez. Braun Breaker retains his uh, um, NXT Championship. And it looks like we're going to have a unification matchup next. It looks like that's where we're going. So let it happen. Here's another thing. Brandy Rhodes is back working matches in the Performance Center and apparently at NXT house shows. AEW Dynamite. Let's start with the two out of three falls match between Brian Danson and Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Uh, Ricky Steamboat was the special guest ringkeeper, and um, and this was actually a really good match. Uh, Garcia got the first fall by uh, essentially putting Brian to sleep. And then Brian took the next two falls. This was superb stuff. And this is why Brian wanted to work with Daniel Garcia. And this is why Brian wanted Garcia in the Blackpool Combat Club to begin with. And what we saw here was a little rift in the JS. I don't think it's real, personally. But you see Brian trying to shake Garcia's hand as the crowd is yelling, You're a wrestler. Dun, 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 dun. And um, Jericho's doing the beatdown on Brian. And uh, Garcia pulls him off. And... Um, Jericho, the look on Jericho's face was pure, just disgust. Like, dude, did you really just fucking touch me? Really? And so, I have a feeling he's gonna still side. Garcia will still stay with the JAS. It's obvious, this is not leading to a match. I heard some people saying that this was gonna lead to a match between Brian and Jericho. Should be a good match. At All Out, you can't leave those two off the fucking card. They're such a big part of this uh, company. But this was a good, this was a, not just a good moment at the end, but just a, a great match. I, I, this is the part where I said I was going to go through the minefield because I was already talking about most of this shit. Varsity Blondes versus the Gun Club. The Gun Club won a squash match. At the end, the Gun Club turned on their dad. They beat down their dad to join Stokely Hathaway's group of 
Moxley crew wannabes. I this is the most random thing I've ever seen in my life. I thought the Heenan family was random. This is fucking random. You have the Gun Club. You have Kira Hogan. You have Red Velvet. You have Jake. I get Jake Cargill. It just it's just interesting to see this group he's putting together. At the end, the acclaim make the save and they reunite with Billy Gunn and say, "Scissor me, daddy." Jungle Boy finally gets his hands on Christian Cage. He beats Christian. He beat Christian Cage down, and I love Christian Cage's talk when he was like, "Hey, you got a little personal, but it's okay. It's okay." It's like, dude, it's so fucking great. Christian is so fucking great. We had King versus Tony Storm. And the only reason you heard their silence is because legitimately I'm reading my notes and I'm seeing Storm. And I was about to say Thunderstorm. And I was like, I'm not saying that fucking name. And I forgot her first name. Fucking Tony Storm. Tony Storm got the win here. And in his return, after nine months, Kenny Omega team with the Bucks to have a great main event against Roosh, Dragon Lee, and Andrade. This match was fucking bananas. The fact that Dragon Lee went through the ropes, him and Kimo, and hit Kenny Omega there going into the fucking crowd. Why he would take that bump on his first match back is beyond me. They're all fucking nuts. But this, but this match was also fucking weird because Omega comes out, Dragon Lee, who's supposed to be a heel on the side of his brother, they're actually real-life brothers, Roosh, and fucking Andrade, he's clapping and showing respect to Kenny Omega. I was like, that's weird. And then in the match, uh, Omega pins Dragon Lee, and you see them two talking and showing each other respect, blah, blah, blah. Well, then Dynamite ends with, first of all, Dragon Lee getting unmasked, then getting turned on by, uh, by Rush and Andrade, and, like, just being laid out. It's like the super fucking worst thing. We gotta go, folks. Like, that's not, that's weird. It was just bizarre. The last two weeks for, for the ending of uh, Dynamite has been bizarre. No, the ending of Raw and Dynamite have been bizarre. Where there's a Dexter Loomis thing. and Oh, yeah, and speaking of Dexter Loomis, Dexter Loomis shows up in the match between fucking AJ Styles and uh, Bobby Lashley, and he's being pulled back again. Like, what the fuck does he want? Does he want to sniff AJ Styles' underwear? His phenomenal form? Like, what are we doing here? But just really a weird ending to the dynamite, which I don't think was by design. I think they went over time, if I'm if I'm being honest. Here are some of the names. Once again, those minefields. Here are some of the names that were released from NXT UK. Isaiah Brookside. Tumani. T-Bone, Eddie Dennis, Sitzgom, and Saxon Huxley. If you don't know those names, I, I understand that. I just want to say those names particularly because I think they're going to be great. I think Zaya uh, Brookside is going to be really good. She needs some more practice, but I think she's going to be really, really fucking good. SmackDown. We saw the replacements for Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark, which is probably the team it should have been to begin with. Fucking Toxic Attraction make their main roster debut. And I'm not counting Mandy Rose. I'm counting the Gigi Dolan. Um, and what's the other one's name? I'm so, like, I have such a fucking crush. They're both gorgeous, by the way. Let's not get that twisted. But I have such a crush on Gigi Dolan. I forget the other one's name. Like, let me just look it up. 
It's so bad, dude. Like, I'm legit drawing a blank because I'm like, she's Gigi Dolan's so fucking hot. How can I remember? But they're both gorgeous and they're both great in wrestling too. Let's see. JC Jane. They get to win over Natalia and Sonya Deville to where they will move on to the semifinal. Honestly, now that they're in them, this tournament, they should win the they should win the whole thing. Toxic Attraction. Now that they're in it, they should win the entire thing. And can you imagine seeing them versus fucking Naomi and Sasha Banks? Holy fucking smokes. That would be dope. Sami Zayn finally gets a one-on-one sit-down with Roman Reigns, mainly because the Usos had trouble getting to, uh, across the border. Zayn had a hero's welcome here. Like, people just loved him. Um, to me, this is what I wrote earlier. Sami Zayn couldn't win the fit. There was a fatal five-way match for the winner to get a shot at the Intercontinental Championship at Clash of the Castle. Sheamus won that. So we're getting Sheamus versus fucking Walter. Holy shit, that's going to be a fight that I'm going to sit back, watch, and be like, my dick is hard. This is going to be fan-fucking-tastic. Um, but he couldn't get that. He did take a hit. He took a bullet for Roman Reigns. But it's just a ma- now that they've inserted Kevin Owens in this thing, by Reigns telling Sami Zayn, hey, do you tell KO, you know, I owe no one anything. It's clear where they're heading here to me. Zane's gonna get getting betrayed by the bloodline. Owens will come to his safe safety, and this leads to a tag team championship run for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I I just it's just one logical thing they can do. Ronda Rousey, who was super over in Canada too, is she from Canada? I don't think she that bitch ain't from Canada. Well, excuse my language, sorry. She's not from Canada, is she? I don't. Let's let's look it up. Google's never wrong, right? Let's see. And, uh, yeah, she says she's American for sure. Yeah, she's from California. Um, but she was super over here. She says she wants to be reinstated. Adam Pierce said he can't do it. You know, why the fuck are you around if you can't do it? You can never do anything but just give bad news, I guess. Just say that. Just say that's what your worth is so we can move the bleep on, right? Anyway, she ends up getting arrested willingly. And so this is just building because they don't want her wrestling until you know she needs to. And Shayna Baszler ended up destroying Liv Morgan here. This to me leads to Liv Morgan defeating Shayna Baszler and these two women just going after uh, Liv with Ronda finally getting that women's championship back and both of them staying the killers they need to be or becoming the killers they need to be. Let's hit Rampage. Swerve and Keith Lee retain their tag team titles against the private party. Hook retains the FTW championship. I said earlier, Athena beat Penelope Ford. The best friends have advanced in the trios tournament. Next week, we'll see who advances. It's going to be fucking... Well, you know what? I don't know because Miro and Buddy Lee, or Buddy Murphy, ended up just uh, brawling on Rampage with Miro leaving Buddy Murphy just destroyed. So it's one of those things where Miro can cost them their spot in that trios championship. I don't think the the best friend should go to the fucking finals. That would be weird. But I I don't think you can send De- um, House of Black there either. Because House of Black are clearly going to be in another trios match against fucking Darby, Miro, and Thing. So I don't know what you do. They put they kind of bent themselves in the corner. And Claudio made an open challenge 
an open challenge to anyone next week on Rampage for the ROH Championship. Dustin Rhodes took that challenge. So we will see that main event next week. So anyways, folks, that is the show. I am uh, super excited for this week. Uh, AEW is going to be the mat. Be the, I would be stunned if AEW didn't have the night of the week. It, to me, it's probably the most anticipated Dynamite of all time. This is going to be fun. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, if you guys have any questions, email me at remoent at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram. I am the slow chemical. Um, like, subscribe, follow. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. Thank you for all the feedback, the positive, the negative, and the indifferent. Um, we'll, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday, on the Wednesday show. And for the record, before I get Steven started, as, as for you guys who have not been caught up, or you guys just don't like certain topics, and you guys just don't want to listen to certain shows, um, I am going to get to She-Hulk. I'm actually just going to kind of record that as I watch the episodes, and then I'll p- start putting those out in October once the show ends, season one, just so you guys know who haven't been paying attention or just don't watch, listen to, to the Wednesday show on certain episodes. I'm the Soul Chemical, and I am out.